Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Spilling the Truth Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Cool Hot Guys. No, not Jonathan and myself. I'm talking about the best air conditioning company in Arizona. When it comes to an AC company, you want one you can trust. You want somebody with integrity that's going to do the work right the first time, and that's the Cool Hot Guys. If you need work done immediately, you can go ahead and call them up. It's going to be 602-COOL-BUS, or go ahead and look them up online, www.coolhotguys.com. They're a top-rated Yelp company. You can't go wrong. If you call them up, make sure you mention that you know us. They'll take good care of you. And now for today's episode. Today's episode is another beer episode. You know, Jonathan and I went down the rabbit hole with the hazy IPAs in one of our last episodes, and we just wanted to expand on that subject a little bit. Jonathan just got back from California, brought back some tasty treats. So we go ahead and review those beers. We talk all about beer stats. We talk about how many breweries are in each state, what states produce the most beer per person, and the least amount of beer per person. We really hope you enjoy. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy. All right. Cool. Let's crack this big, giant can then. Hey, size matters, right? Size does matter. I love the fact that crawlers are getting so freaking popular right now. God, it's just so ridiculous. Hopefully this should all still taste good. What's the like shelf life of a crawler? I, maybe it depends on the beer. What you know, when I was in Colorado, we were actually talking about uh, crawlers with one of the brewers, and he said typically you really want to drink them in three to five days. We were talking about this before the show started. The fact that when they fill these, they're filling them off the tap. It's not being filled from directly from the, the brewing and devices and back and the canning, you know, typical canning lines. So I think it's a little bit less. Thanks, yeah. This is something that's actually got me because, you know, hazy IPAs are really getting popular. We did a whole episode on them. We're going to drink a few more tonight. <laughs> a few these, more tonight. These are all going to be California ones. But they have a really rough shelf life. One of the beers we drank on the last show that was delicious, it was our favorite on the show, I found some cans here in town, and I bought some. Which one was it? The Odd 13 okay, yeah, Intergalactic yeah. Juice Hunter. Yeah, but the you one had that I had, the Crowler. I had the Crowler. You had the Crowler. But I had that Crowler filled that day, and then we drank it that night. The cans that I bought, they might have gotten into that shop a month or six weeks after. Yeah. It did not taste good. It's not that it didn't taste good. It lost so much. The The flavors had, I wasn't impressed. Like I was very, very upset. And I've had that beer multiple times now. I was drinking it on tap up at the tortoise before. We got the crawlers of it. Fantastic. And so I have a feeling this might actually contribute to a burst coming up in the hazy IPA world because a lot of these shops get these beers in. They order 50 cases of everything because they want to sell them out and they try and sell them out that day. If they don't sell them out, it might sit on the shelf. Yeah. And some of these beer shops have a selection of 10,000 different beers. That beer might sit there for six months before someone buys it. That's a good point. And it's funny, like you get that problem where it's going to fall apart and then people start complaining that's going to fall apart and then they have to readjust. And then that's how you end up with these mass produced things because they can make that same consistent product from the East coast all the way to the West coast versus you know, some cool little gimmicky thing that runs out of time after a while. I mean, the big one that I always loved was obviously the uh, the electric wren. And we opened that last can that I had, what was it, like right before I left. So that was last week. And when did that come out? Like two months ago? 
something like that. Yeah, and like even I sat there, I was like, it's it's falling apart. Yep. In fact, the flavor profile that Electric Wren had was like the, the the feeling and the sensation that we both got that said, oh, it's falling apart. That was the same sensation I got from drinking the Odd 13. It uh, was this just... Was right, this, this was pretty much what I remembered it. <laughs> awesome. No, it's got great balance. And So tell me, you just went... Our first, our first IPA episode, mm-hmm. we did pretty much all Colorado beers. Yeah. Well, first off, cheers, fucker. Cheers, fucker. So, yeah, so I went you to... You got a drink when you cheers, by oh, the way. God, I never do. I'm like, I don't... It would kill me it's in all times man. You got to do it. You know what? I didn't do it last time. My AC went out. There you go. That's what happens. And it went out again. It, that was the AC went out today. It's a preemptive not cheers and Brutal. I'm terrible at that. So these are all... That and everybody everybody I cheers with usually does the clink. They hit. And then they come up You're and You're making excuses now. No. <laughs> I, I want to know why. I want to know why people the, who have never met each other from whether it was Texas, they all do the yeah, table. A lot of people drink. do that. Yeah. The big thing also is you're supposed to stare, look at someone in the eyes when you cheers them. Uh, you're supposed to make lick eye- your lips too while you're at well, it. You, you make eye contact, you cheers, and then you drink. Uh, hey, ever so I have uh, I love the rumors of cheering, um, like where people learned like how to cheer or what the point of cheersing was. And I had always heard from like one person who was probably drinking and made it up, but they used to slam like mugs together really hard so that you'd spill a little bit of each drink into each other's cup so that if they were poisoned. You basically just poison yourself, oh, and that's why you stare at each other and drink. Now, that's just one story, and I'm sure there's a million more out there that somebody's drunk uncle told them one time. I never heard that before. Yeah. I like that one. I think that one's kind of cool. So anyway, so yeah, so uh, I went to a bachelor party in San Diego. I'm pretty amazed that I made it back. That was very, very, very rough. Uh, had a great time, man. We went to a bunch of different breweries, you know, went to a bunch of bars, a couple of good restaurants. But uh, the one thing I noticed was uh, I asked a bunch of people, hey, where would you go in San Diego? And I got a lot of different, oh, go to this area, go to that area. So I went and looked up some of them, like when I got to San Diego and I typed in brewery and the Google Maps just lit up, like the whole thing just lit up. And I was like, oh my God. And I thought maybe it made an error thinking of a bar or something with beer. Nope. Hundreds of breweries all over San Diego. And we walked out from our hotel. There was one across the street. There was one down the road. There was one around the corner. Just every corner has a brewery. It was insane. Honestly, I thought it was in Portland for half of a second, except with better weather. I mean, especially San Diego area, they are saturated. I mean, you could drive a little ways in LA. You could drive a little ways you know, up north to find a brewery. They have that stretch They've like renamed to like a brewery sounding name of the area. So one, so the big one that somebody told me was uh, Miramar. So you know Miramar's That's famous it. for yep. being um, Top Gun, the movie, but it actually was a flight school way back in the way, and it was way north San Diego. So San Diego, thirty years ago, when they had Miramar, you had to go all the way out just to get to that Air Force base. So now they renamed re- the running name is now Biramar because pull in there and it's just brewery after brewery after brewery after brewery. They just took over the entire industrial park and it's just all breweries and like little gastro pubs basically. So how many did you see over the period of the two and a half, three days you were there? So I had to have done like, I think we did nine breweries in total. Uh, I brought back one from these four and I went to, I, I think it was like, yeah, like seven or eight. I brought back these ones um, and I... Dropped and blew up another one that unfortunately we won't be able to have. And then the other two were just not worthy of bringing home to drink. They didn't impress me. And now I was going to say, were they just not the style that you liked? I mean, maybe they're doing good pilsners and they just didn't have good hazies or hit good Well, we talked to, or... we kind of like touched on it with wine a little bit. I think even the beer one is, you know, when you set a bar high, 
It's not that that beer is bad. If that would have been the first hazy IPA I've ever had, I'd been like, this is amazing. But unfortunately, everyone I'd went to, the bar was already up here. And they were just not as good as the last one. So I went, well, what's the point of buying this when I can get that guy's who is amazing? I mean, two of these are from the same brewery. I, this was this one we'll drink next was my favorite. So the first one we're drinking is a resident brewery. I like this a lot because guess what? ASU guy from Phoenix. So love it. So and had no idea. We walked in. There's ASU stuff, Arizona stuff everywhere. Not U of A. Um, and it was awesome. So we did a... I did a flight through, took some pictures, put it up on the Instagram. It's, uh, it's from Resident. So this is their... And this was their mosaic. It was their chasing mosaic. So, you know, 100% just mosaic hops. Yeah, just mosaic hops on this one. So is it the mosaic that's the ones that give it the pineapple-y characteristic? I'm trying I th- to get this I down. I think so, because the citra is like orange and citrus. Yeah. And, and the other one, there was one that was pine. And I mean, it was pine. It smelled like a tree, like a Christmas tree almost. And I was that was that bitter IPA. It was a regular IPA, not a hazy one. And it was it was delicious. But this was the one that stuck out the most because this was the closest one I had to that lactose kind of one. Plus being a you know single hop, I figured we'd try it. And uh, I loved it. And honestly, I think the crowler held up nicely. And actually, that's a good point because it's something you and I have talked a lot about is... The, our wine brains and the way our wine brains work and we're trying to pick out nuances and something that both you and I think are trying to do is learn what different hops do to beers and the yeah. flavor profiles. So if we blind taste a beer in three or four months, I might be able to say, oh, this tastes like Citra and Mosaic or this tastes like Simcoe and... The same way you can nail a grape or say, well, it's definitely French oak because you just know it when you have it all the time. Yeah, and so the, the nice thing about this was it's right smack in the middle of downtown. Uh, it's five minute walk from the uh, baseball stadium, you know, Stone Brewery is kind of around the corner, but it's right in the heart of everything, right by Horton Plaza, the big giant mall. And they have big giant roll up doors, tons of food, and the food was really good. And they not only brew all their own beer, so they had, I think, roughly like, I want to say 20 of their own beers, but they had about 20 other ones. So they did the whole drink local, and I think that's the whole point of resident was, I'd assume... I, I didn't ask. <laughs> I assumed eventually or originally they were all San Diego beers and then eventually they turned into making their own. And it was really cool. They, they highlighted a lot of stuff. Four Peaks was on there, of course, because, you know, you have to represent something from that area. So I didn't get the kilt lifter because, you know, we've had it a thousand times. times. But uh, yeah, I was really I was really impressed with these guys. They had everything. They had sours. They had hazies. You know, they had some pilsners, stouts that they, they could hit every category if you were trying to have a beer. Now, one thing that when it comes to Colorado breweries, everybody's got a food truck. And that's, nobody has a kitchen. Nobody makes their own food. And it's a symbiotic relationship. It's like the Ramora and the Shark, where they Did you li- say Ramora? Yeah, isn't that the Ramora? The- I thought it was just Mora. No, it's Ramora. It's Ramora? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's that little new. thing that like follows yeah, the shark around. latches onto the shark, totally. cleans it. And yeah. they... You kind of need <laughs> each just other. A, just equated food trucks to the fish <laughs> that swim with the shark. It's great. It's, great it's symbiotic a symbiotic relationship yeah. between the two. We're out here. A lot of our breweries have their own kitchens, and only a handful of them have a regular food truck. Yeah. Or a couple of beer shops have food trucks, but Four Peaks has their own food. You know, Helton has their own. I mean, a lot of these places have their own. Hilly Basin has their own kitchen and their own food. So does San Diego have more food trucks or are they mostly... So here's the interesting thing. A couple of them are also bars, which, so... Okay, not, so they had not really. like, liquor, me, me, like liquor licenses, a like couple hard did. liquor? A couple did. No on the food trucks for the places we went because there would have been no place they could have parked. 
None. So like we went to the Belching True. Beaver. Down, no, downtown kind of areas. And uh, so we went to the, uh, we're going to have a Coronado IPA because that's and all they, and they have a kitchen. Form, full on kitchen, but they've been there forever. Resident full on kitchen. The, um, the ones down the strip that we went to. On uh, it's not Mission Beach. It's actually south. You actually would have to go back around to get to Mission. Um, they were all on this little strip. So, no, they none of them had food. They don't. They would be. There's no room for food trucks in that area. Now, up in Beermar, yeah, you could easily roll it. But there's also a little bar, or excuse me, like little tiny ramen shop or a taco shop. So maybe having a food truck would encroach on it. There's just no room. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just shocking in Colorado. Every single brewery has a food truck. That's their whole thing. And they rotate around and they put out their lists every, like on Sunday night, they say, here's our list for the week. On Monday, it's going to be the Hawaiian Fusion. On Tuesday, it's the ramen guy. On Wednesday, it's the burrito guy. And Do they have parking lots? Yes. None so, of these places had parking lots. Or if they do, they, they can, they have three spots out front and they just cone it off so everybody else can deal with you know getting well in, this being care. san diego or california there's, there's no nothing. chance they're going to cone good, off anything good point. for anybody it's like having trying to put a food truck in front of a place in like new york city or downtown yeah exactly you try to park it in times square and they'd be like get out of here kind Where, of thing you know some of the breweries we went to in colorado they were in neighborhoods and you just parked up and down the street yes but they the two or three spots that were out front they would cone off and that was where the food trucks sat or, you know, something like um, the tortoise up the street here. Yeah. They have only a handful of parking spots out front, but they leave a but little section thing, in yeah. front for the food trucks. So I, I thought something was really interesting that just kind of popped in my head is uh, now I'm thinking about this. I went to all these breweries and I, I didn't talk to any, you know, whether it was the brewmaster or the head guy, you know. When it comes to selling beer, the beer really speaks for itself. I bought these beers because I wanted to buy these beers. Nobody told me to buy it. Versus wine, you need somebody to like guide you into liking this to kind of buy it. I rarely get people who just walk in and go, oh, I love it. I'm going to buy it. I mean, it's good enough to do it. But most of the time, they want stories and they want to go. Beer, they just slam the flight down. Hey, guys, have a good time. Uh, if you need food, you know, raise at me, whatever. And they just go. They don't stay around and they don't teach you about the beer and I, I guess that's just maybe it's a beer thing you know like nobody's sitting there running over here's what we cooked it at here's the hops we use like it'll say nowadays you know here's what's on the cam but it's mostly just here hang out with your friends if you like something buy something you want to crawl or buy something and they just leave you alone i think that's kind of the thing about wine though wine is a little more engaging you want to talk about the wine and beer is just starting to get that to that point and i have some friends are going will argue with me like no 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 it's, i've always done that with beer well you're not the general masses. Yeah. When it comes to wine, though, people want to have these conversations. Plus, there's 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 different varieties on the planet. Plus, I mean, 10,000 varieties of wine, like great varieties, where beer is beer. Now they're doing different things to manipulate it, but yeah. it's not like you have 1,000 varieties of beer, 10,000 different varieties of, you know? Yeah. So did you, what do you, what do you think of this one? Did you get the pineapple? Cause I, I think that's I, what mosaic. Yeah, was, I definitely the... did. And that's kind of why I said that. Um, for me, it's got great balance. It doesn't show off a lot of alcohol, which is really nice. Some of these hazies doubles. Six? 16. That'd be Jesus. Yeah. 16, six, four. I keep saying 16. I'm so used to wine. Six, four. So it seems like, you know, your, your singles tend to be somewhere between say five and seven. Your doubles tend to get, you know, seven to eight, six, six to nine. Yeah. And sometimes your triples are getting up to be 10%. 10 percent. The one I had the other night was a 10% triple. Yeah. That must've been potent. <laughs> yes. It was a nice thing though. It, it's so, <laughs> so it was the nice thing about these is, you know, they only for 
having 10 beers on tap, or excuse me, yeah, it was like 10, 20 things on taps, and I had it out. There was actually one I really, really wanted the most, and they didn't have by Crowler, and they don't even do it in cans. They actually, the girl had to come back to my table at the end, because I said, hey, I'm going to buy some cans from Resident, um, and she goes, oh, unfortunately, the ones you had on your flight weren't, we don't can those. And I said, can I get a Crowler? And she's like, you could do one of them, otherwise, let me, let me help you out. Great service, by the way. Awesome service there. She came back. She's like, this is what I have in Crowlers, and this is what, like, the two cans we have. And it was a blonde, and yeah, I think it was, like, a Kolsch or something. I just, I didn't want a light one to bring back. I wanted to bring a hazy. So eventually I settled on this one being the one to uh, to bring back. But again, great customer service on that but side. Ren is the same way, though. Ren only fills up certain things. You go in there, and yeah. sometimes they walk in going, all right, I'm going to have one or two beers and fill up a Crowler or my Growler to go. And I walk in, I'm like, Right now, the spell they have one good hazy, and it's their spellbinder, and I can't take it to go. They actually no, they, they have, don't growler it. They have cans right now to go, but they don't always. Uh, that this time is different. That I was drinking in there, couldn't growler it. They wouldn't growler it. Like there's no, they call them fills, and they wouldn't yeah. fill it. You had to consume it there, and they had nothing canned. So sometimes that's their way of saying you got to sit here and drink with us. Which, uh, by the way, I, there's no problem in that, but at the same time. There's an annoyance, like a little bit of an annoyance, at least if you tell people like, hey, listen, limited run, we like your company, you know, coddle the customer a little bit. For, for me, I live so close, it's no big deal. I can walk up yeah. there, but when you're for visiting me, from out of town, you want to take something back. Like this whole beer trade thing is unbelievable. Like people literally go to a brewery like this, they buy a four pack of 16 ounce cans, they come back and they give one to this friend, one to that friend, one to that friend, because their other friends just went to West Virginia to buy yep. beer. Somebody else just went to Colorado to buy beer. And they do these trades. It's like baseball cards now. I had a guy who I was talking to in San Diego and we were talking about, you know, you know, I was bringing back some from uh, from California. He's like, I've never been to Arizona. I don't know what's out there. Because, but I always remember when I grew up on the East, everybody scrambled to get heady toppers. And I was like, all right, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> People still scramble to get them, though they've increased the production. But that's like a twenty dollar can. That's crazy. I think this thing was fourteen bucks, and the rest of them are all nine, ten bucks. That's for a, four a big pack. can, though. That's a big can. That's, there's more in that can than there is and, in wine. And you think about it, like what? That's thirty two ounces, and people are like, "Well, it's a big can." Well, it's only two beers. Yeah, three if you're talking about twelve ounce cans. I but. think it's trippy, also because it looks smaller than a bottle of wine, and yeah, it's more like liquid than a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's wine is very deceiving, and you're so right. Because I've done that where I've I've used these glasses before. Because this is how Italians drink wine sometimes is out of glasses like this. <laughs> they don't use wine glasses. Plus, you can't just knock them over from the bottle. <laughs> and I've taken a bottle and I've filled up like, you know, half of this, and it's half a bottle. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit! This is like three glasses of wine in this little right? tumbler. Because you don't realize that when you put it in a wine glass. And also, you know me, when I pour wine, I pour like an ounce or two at a time. I don't fill up my glass. It actually is one of those pet peeves of mine. When someone's like, glug, 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 glug. Yeah. I love this, man. This was this made me happy because I was... I, I honestly was going to hold on to it for maybe another week or two when I was like, oh, let's do a beer episode a little late until you were like, dude, I don't know how long Crowlers make it. So I think maybe that's, that's good to know that Crowlers only going to make it a week at most. But then how long does a growler make it? Same thing. Same thing. If you if you were to fill up a growler and keep it in your fridge, you want to drink that in the next two or three days. What is a growler? 64? 64. Okay. So two cans. <laughs> yeah. it's. They told me three to four days when I was in Colorado. I mean, I'm sure you could push it a little farther, but I wouldn't push this to a week or two. I wouldn't try and like hold on to it. Because no. even, even the regular cans, 
I'm now nervous about Hazy's like falling off. I think it's just because of the dry hops in it. It hasn't been barrel aged. It's not like one of these barrel aged stouts. Like that's the crazy thing though about that to me is you'd think the hops would give it that extra life just because it's kind of a natural preservative. I mean that's the whole point. And at a, I just I wonder what it is. Maybe it's not that it's actually falling off. Maybe just that freshness of the hop is basically retreating. I mean, these are questions we are going to have to ask some brewers when they come on, and actually people that are, have brewed 200 batches of commercial beer and actually have seen it and know exactly how it changes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to Seattle on Monday, uh, so I'll be back Thursday, and there's a brewery right by where I'm staying at in off Fox Island, so that's like Wigby Island area, I think, or a Gig Harbor area, and it's called Seven Seas Brewery, and I went there last time I was in Seattle, and they literally were like, we just brewed this, like where it's only coming out of the tank. We got the hops in seven days ago, and when they poured it, it like the freshness on it was amazing. Like it, you could feel it was almost like you were drinking the resin of the hop, and it was so noticeable. Like it was the purest form of hop drinking I've ever had in my entire life. So I'm excited. I'm hoping I catch it at this right time, which I don't know. I don't know actually when hop season is. It's got to be right now. I imagine. I'm not sure. To be I don't honest. know either. So, anyways, I'm gonna go up there. I'm gonna bring back more beer as because now <laughs> now you're I hooked. Tell, yeah. So last time I was <laughs> you're telling addicted. him. I was like, I'm actually really excited to go on this bachelor party because it'd be fun. But at the same time, man, I'm going to bring back a bunch of beer. Because now, also, you know, I, I think I spent like, I don't know, maybe 60 bucks on all the beers I brought back. That's and a, I lost one to, to a flight of stairs. And that could be one bottle from Napa. I was going to say, that's one Barolo. Yeah. Yeah. And an inexpensive Barolo for that. You know, yes, the craft beers are getting expensive. I mean, buying a $20 four pack, you're like, wow. But once you start putting it in perspective of the wines we drink yeah. and how we do it, it's really not that much. Plus the higher alcohol. Well, yeah. And I mean, if we're sitting here, this was 14 bucks, and it's $7 a can. So, I mean, we drink, this will be two glasses each. So, you know, you're thinking about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's $3.50 to fill this up and have and, a good beer. And if you want to talk about it in drunk terms, it's twice as potent as a normal beer. Yeah. You know, I mean, 3.2, this is 6.4. I did learn, however, because... I had another. I had I actually had three crawlers. One got lost to stairs. The other one got lost to us drink drinking it to the baseball game. But we purposely got it to walk to the baseball game. Dude, it was terrible by the time we got there because of how hot the can got in that time. Good point. You cannot finish a crawler on a walk. So, it's just and like even handing it to three other dudes drinking this whole thing. By the time we got there, dude, we were like. Uh, a third left and it was just i'm not finished it's a warm can of beer at that point so the best place in the state of arizona to fill up crawlers to go is a place called king's beer and wine they have right now roughly 80 different crawler pours that they're filling up i just saw on their website last month that they actually just got back in stock crawler koozies Oh, that's you know, what you I needed. It was a crawler koozie. A it's funny because when I sat here and I was just letting it sit there and not in there, I was like, I wonder if there's a koozie for that. And you know that the, the ghetto crawler koozies, I guess, is just like a brown bag around it. Yeah, throw some ice cubes in the brown. <laughs> totally. Oh, that's no, no. That's how I lost the other crawler because it fell out of the brown bag. They they brown bagged every single thing, and the first one I went to was the one crawler because all of it was in one bag. And then it starts to get the moisture because of San Diego. And then another one in, another one. And then we're on the third story of this bar we're drinking at, which turned out to be a club by the time we were done. Like, literally, the DJ came in and everything. And it's beautiful, by the way. It's so cool about San Diego's a lot of rooftop bars. 
And I looked at my bag and I could see all the cans through it. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So I like I scooped it and I hen it and I'm walking down the stairs and all of a sudden something shifted and the one can and then the bag gave out and I caught all of them except for the one crowler and it went dink, 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 dink. And it hit the last corner. It went always oh, the last drop. It almost when made you, it. When you, it's the last one. When you drop a glass on the ground, it's always that last bing where it shatters. Like every time. It is, you're right. It'll bounce three times and then boom. So, you know me, I got to have some stats. I'm going to throw some stats at us oh, throughout this show as we're drinking these beers. So we live in Arizona. Um, Arizona right now is 117 breweries. The stats as of 2018, now end of the year stats is what these are. Uh, end of the year stats, the United States has 7,450 breweries now. I feel like 1% of that is in San Diego. <laughs> California has 841 in the state. You know, that doesn't seem that high for that state, actually. So I'm thinking about that's 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 more than 10% of the whole country though. Yeah, but if I, as a whole for the country, the most places I think about beers are anything that has great water and cool weather for the most part. With the exception like I don't expect breweries to be popping up in Nebraska or, you know, South and North Dakota by any means. But I think of Washington, Oregon, California, and then the entire East Coast along the Appalachians, and then Michigan and Minnesota, where all the German people kind of came from. I would have figured the vast majority will be, if there's a number one state in there, is California number one? For number of breweries, yes, but it's also the biggest state by yeah, far. Yeah, so I would wonder by size. I bet Minnesota, I, Wisconsin, one of those places. I right? have all the stats. I don't have... I literally have it per state broken down. I don't have it all in front of me. I just took some highlights. Mm. On a future episode, I'll print out all the papers and we'll talk a little bit yeah. more about it. Maybe when Yusef comes back on, because he wants to do a stout, yeah. he wants to do a stout episode. We'll with do us. a stout one with him, and we'll talk a little bit more about per state. But I actually have some really cool stats we'll talk about here. So Arizona, we have 117 breweries. Okay. Per capita, they brew one gallon per adult right now in Arizona. Uh, I can't. I don't know if that's high or not. That seems pretty low. It seems low. Like, it, it, I, we're about to drink a gallon right now. It's exactly, it's, <laughs> exactly. Are um, we the people ruining the stats? There's there's, there's 173,000 barrels produced in the state of Arizona. Is that a 60 gallon barrel? I'm not. Or are they it, counting it, a the, keg the, barrel? I, these are the these are the brewery barrels. I don't know. This I always see. This is something I gotta look up because I've seen the stats for how many like. Sam Adams produces and Yinling and all these, and they always they're in the millions. Because the keg is considered a quarter barrel, I believe. A fifteen. Well, would that be uh, a sixty uh, gallon? That would make it actually a sixty gallon barrel. So fifteen five or something like that. Yeah. Ca- California has eight hundred and forty one breweries that produces three million four hundred and twenty one thousand barrels of wine. Dang. An average of three point six gallons per adult. Wine or beer? Beer. Okay, you said wine. It's in Sorry. my head. Okay. I yeah, say yeah, wine yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's just, okay. You got to reprogram me for beer. There's, what, like 30 million people out there, so I could see that. A lot. So it's 3.6. Well, I mean, for the fact that San Diego has well over 150 breweries for San Diego, and I imagine there's probably like 50 more that are going to pop up in the next 10 years. That's, And they all seem to be probably making it. But yet, I can only think of two San Diego breweries, maybe even three, that are in Arizona. Coronado, Ballast Point. And is Pizza Port? Yes. It, yes. Yeah. So like those are the only three San Diego breweries I could think of. I'm not saying there's not more. I'm just saying those are the only three I can think of. So since we talked about Colorado, I only pulled the main stats on those three states. Colorado has 396 breweries. 
Most of them in Denver. Which is crazy that they have half the amount of breweries in California and a fraction of the population, a fraction of the, the overall space. Yeah. Per They brew 1,522,000 barrels in Colorado, an average of 11 gallons per adult. Dang. Okay, now the one gallon per adult thing seems In Arizona, bad. it's little. It's tiny in the overall scheme of things. But we have, like, it just started recently. Like, it really, really, the craft brew industry it in has. Arizona kind of, it's it's in its infancy. And the, and the whole country, too. So, uh, let's crack another one. Let's try uh, some... want to do the mango one? Or, all right, let's move on to yeah. uh, Belching Beaver. Now, see, I love this one. This is my favorite brewery on the trip, so I brought two of these. We're going to do the uh, the digital bath, the Deftones. Sweet. So, Crack that, and I'm going to tell some stats while you're pouring it. Excellent. So in 2000 or 2012, 2000. in 2012, so seven years ago, there were 2,475 breweries in the United States. When was that? 2012? Yes. Now there's 7,450. Hey. It has tripled. So we're going to go back a little bit in time. So in 1873. Go on. There were 4,000 registered breweries in the United States. Good for those guys. Do you know how many registered breweries there were in 1932? Six. Zero. Oh, yeah. Prohibition. Prohibition. (laughs) I was going to say. Trick question. I was going to go with uh, by the time the 60s rolled around, it had been like Budweiser, Coors, Miller, Rolling Rock, Gingling, and I don't know. What's what's the one that everybody always, Schlitz, and that would have been it. But you think about it. In 1873, there were more breweries in the United States than 2012. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, think about all the immigrants that came over, and like there was German influence totally. and everything. And by the way, it's and not that, like those they were, were on making, the, yeah. those were on the East Coast. That they, they were probably all wine. in Boston. They were probably all in. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, how long has Sam Adams been around now? Since sixties? Not even sure. Yeah, but so, yeah. So eighteen seventy three, four thousand breweries. Nineteen thirty two, zero breweries. Between nineteen fifty and nineteen eighty eight, we were less than two hundred. That's crazy. That's it. In 1988, there were less than 200 breweries in the United States. You know who? And we talked about this on one of the last shows and how when we were growing up, we were kids, there were no options for beer. No, there wasn't. Like, your craft beer was like... Rolling Rock, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Blue like, Moon was the first, like, oh, Hefeweizen. Shiner Box yeah. and shit like that started coming out. You're like, oh, it's craft beer. Well, look at look at what we're at now. Today, it's at a point where there's so much craft beer and drinks out there that we're getting into seltzer wars. Natty Ice has seltzer, PBR seltzer, uh, Four Loco just released seltzer. You're like, okay, now they're at that point. That, that's the, the, the weight conscious people. So let me continue yeah. on this real quick, and then we're going to talk about this beer. So like I said, 1988, less than 200 breweries. In 1990, there were 284 in 1990. Okay. That was my freshman year of high school. Dang. 284 breweries in the whole country. That's crazy. In 2000, so 10 years later... We jumped up to 1,566 in 10 years. In 2010, we were up to 1,800. So in wow, another so 10 years, much, only not, no, no growth, really. Yeah. And then that, and that was 2010, there was 1,800. 2012, there were 2,400. Okay. 2013, 3,000. 2014, 3,800. 2015, 4,600. 2016, 5,600, 2017, 6,500, 2018, 7,450. So I have a, a small thing that I think that might contribute a little bit to why those stats jumped that high. So one of the big reasons craft beers, at least I believe, 
is big in this in in, in America after that point is actually probably can be tra- uh, traced back to Jimmy Carter when he was president. So if I remember this correctly, Carter was in the seventies, I think. Yeah, seventy six. So he was the president that allowed beer to be made at home. They signed. It was under his watch. He signed a law or passed a law or got rid of something for a prohibition law that allowed people to start making wine and beer at home. I'm not sure if it was wine, but I know for a fact it was beer. And that allowed a lot of people at that point to be like, oh, let me see if I can make it. And all of a sudden, you're here we are about 40 years later, and the explosion goes with people with some money, people with some backing, people who got better and better and better, all of a sudden starts hitting strides. And here we are 40 years later with, what is it, 8,000-something breweries? And by the way, it's clearly with the population. It's going to go to 24,000 by like 15 years from now. (laughs) So on average, however many open, about 33% of that actually ends up also closing. So if it's better than restaurants, if, if, if what, 300 of them open, usually right around a hundred of them also have just closed. It doesn't seem out of so, that. That doesn't seem so, out of so that. So that's kind of where the stats are. I kind of went through the stats. It was like, all right, 250 open this year and 80 closed. See, I don't think that's, that's bad though, because you know what the best thing about a brewery is, is you can make food. And if your food is also great with your beer, you're golden. You can't really do that with wine. You're not going to make deep fried anything with wine, but if you have a beer, you can have, you know, tater tots, french fries, fish and chips, a sandwich, a pizza, whatever. Like you can do some good food. It all goes well with your beer. But wine, you're not going to really build a restaurant or food around it. I think that kind of helps. So you're kind of now, instead of just having the bar, you're the neighborhood brewery and place to eat at. At some point, this is a bubble that's got to burst, though, because you can't sustain this kind of growth. Maybe you can because I guess they just keep chopping away at the the mass produced breweries, the the Budweisers, the Coors, the Millers of the world are taking hits. Billions and billions of dollars those guys make from Budweiser, Bud Light, and Budweiser. So, so in twenty eighteen, uh, the country did a hundred and fourteen billion dollars in beer revenue. That's pretty crazy. Twenty seven point six billion was craft beer. That's, oh, that's a huge chunk. Twenty four percent now. Yeah, is craft beer. That's ginormous. But think about this too. You're in high school because let's not kid ourselves. It's high school when you start drinking, and you start with Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors. You know the cheap and expensive. That's all stuff. we could get though, because going back, there was only. But I highly, highly, highly doubt a high school kid shows up with a growler or a crowler from any craft beer. I, I highly I, doubt I, it. You know what? I think it's different now. I think people will are going to do it. I don't. I just, I just don't. I don't believe that it's at that point yet because you have to get these from either the location itself or a small bar versus Budweiser. You can walk in with a fake ID to a grocery store and grab it. John, when you were... Underage, what did you drink? Where did you get your alcohol or your stuff Safe, from? Well, <laughs> from your father. Well, yeah, but that was our liquor. But our no. beer we got from the store. The, your beer palate or what you were drinking typically is what your family was drinking. And nowadays, this is well, this is where a lot of children come from is that people's my father drank Pabst Blue Ribbon. So when it was like, oh, let's you can have beer now, it was like that was Pabst Blue Ribbon. Now so it was in the fridge. Yeah. Nowadays, people have, their parents are buying these craft beers. They're in the fridge. So a lot of these kids, their first beer they're going to try is going to, might be a hazy IPA. Yeah, but, they, but my, for kids? My, my, my kids are not going to have Pabst Blue Ribbon or Natty Ice or Schlitz as their first beers to try. But in high school and college, you don't play beer pong with a hazy IPA. You don't play, 
you know, flip cup with these things. You buy the cheapest shit possible. You throw a big party, you get the cheapest shit possible. I really like this. this yeah, has, this, I want to circle back to this that because I think this is really grassy. So I'm going to show the can real quick. I don't know if you can see it. It's, uh, it's, so it's Digital Bath by Belching Beaver. Uh, it's a Deftones thing. You know, it's got the horse on it and everything. I like this one because this was more... It's a hazy IPA that reminded me of an old IPA, like an original IPA. There's a bitterness in there. There's almost a weed characteristic. It's piney. It's grassy. Like It's, it's an IPA with the subtle sweetness of a hazy IPA. And I love the Belching Beaver. So the, bel- the one thing I noticed about San Diego is even though you have one brewery, there's multiple tasting rooms. So Stone has like three or four tasting rooms. Coronado Brewery has a few tasting rooms around the area. We accidentally drove off to Mission Beach to go to Coronado Brewery when we actually meant to go to the Coronado Brewery. Um, Belching Beavers up in nowhere. So we went to their tasting room down in that one little beer strip I was telling you at. And a really cool bar, you know, big giant tables you sit at. They had about 20 beers on tap. You know, of course, me, I did a flight with everything. And they had they actually had every single thing that they had on tap available by the can, with the exception of like two or three random ones. And you could crowd pretty much any all of them or any one of them. And I like this one because this just reminded me of old IPAs. And I know there's a type of hop that actually has that uh, weed marijuana kind of cannabis characteristic. And you almost get a little bit of this. For me, there's that. I get a lot of... Uh, Greenness, like I said, fresh green, cut, yeah, fresh green, fresh cut grass. It's funny because in wine, you think of the green note, you think of jalapenos, bell peppers, but in green, in the beer industry, it's it's trees, it's grass, it's weed, think of it's fresh cut lawn, yeah, like back east, like when I was exactly. em- emptying the the bin out of my lawnmower, <laughs> lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, it has that real yeah. characteristic in it, yeah, you know, but still, but I, I, there, and it's that touch of bitterness coming, like to me, for it, like a. Like always versus, you know, this one kind of comes off not sweet, but like rounded out and smooth versus this one's got that little hit on the end. So out of these two, I prefer this one. They're both fantastic. Uh, There's something a little more fresh tasting about this one. Um, Maybe it's the fresh cut grass, but it also has a real citrusy characteristic, too. So for me on the nose, it's going to sound weird. It smells like when my grandma's making pasta and she's using basil, but like it has the pasta smell that's in the fresh pasta, not like chip pasta, but like like right as you throw it in and it's it's, you know, being drained like pasta water with basil in it. it. Yeah, it's that fresh wheat characteristic. Yeah. On top of the, the greenness, the herbaceousness. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like, and this is why I think you and I are getting super into beer now more than I think ever before. Like, I just drank beer as a refreshing beverage, but now I'm breaking it down. And when I drink beer, my brain is just spitting. Yeah. And that's never really happened in the past. I mean, I've had some beers that have made me think, but now well, I'm most getting. Most time you and I drink, it's a peach ale or, you know, something like Peroni yeah. and stuff. And here we are, episode 31, 32. And we've done two beer ones now because we're both like, dude, these are really good. Officially, it's our third beer episode. We did one with Dermot. Hey, Dermot. And, uh, hey, Dermot. Hey, Dermot. <laughs> That's then, right. <laughs> and then we did the, the hazy IPA episode. Yeah. Dermot, now, Dermot's was fun, man, because Dermot had the beer that we don't drink. And then we did like the red ales, the blonde, the coffee ales versus because we're kind of stuck on this hazy IPA thing right now. Just because they're so unique to us. They're so different. I mean, I could see that in a year, we could get burnt out on these, just having them all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. But in the end, the nice thing will be is our knowledge will be crazy because we'll know 
certain, you know, hops or certain styles, or you could sit there and be like, oh, okay, you did a regular IPA versus a hazy IPA. I mean, obviously a look on that one's different. So but. what's the craziest beer you've ever had? I mean, cause they're doing these ones in whiskey barrels <laughs> and port barrels and Ren has the, the one that's in the um, superstition mead barrels. So I, it's kind of like asking what your favorite movie is. You have ones that you love, whether it's the best. I'd say the weird ones. The weirdest one was that one up there that Yusuf gave me. Gave us the uh, woot. The woot. Uh, the woot. Woot stout. Woot stout. What you can that cr- was crazy. Dermot's 19 month stout was. That was the first barrel aged stout where I felt like it was a barrel-aged bourbon or whiskey stout. Because I've had them before, and I'm like, I don't get the bourbon or whatever. That one, I sat there, and the whole time I was like, wow, I I can't believe this beer tastes like that. Honestly, the weirdest, it's a combination of two. The Spellbinder was the only one that I tasted that, and I was like, that's a wine. It's a wine in a in a glass. Oh, that, uh, you're talking about the Super Pills. Super Pills. The one Sorry. that was in the Superstition Meat Tasted barrels. like, a, honestly, like a white Like burgundy. a matcha shea. Yeah. Like literally, it was matcha shea on the and, nose, and your and that rose sour beer because I hated okay. it. I hated it, and I couldn't stop drinking it because it was just so weird and like it was so bitter. And like my brain is like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this?" But then the other side is like, "Dude, that's a weird beer. Keep drinking it and finish." I wanted to pour it down the drain at the same time. I was like, "Uh, uh, uh I'll drink it." I was watching Shark Tank the other night, and a guy was presenting his brewery project to the sharks in the Shark Tank. And he was like, oh, this is my vanilla porter. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was like, this is amazing. This is my graham cracker, this. And then he had two sour beers. And these are adults that are business people that have never had a sour beer, like Mark Cuban and Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. These guys are like, they're like, this is vinegar. This is crap. This is horrible. And then the one guy in the end goes, wow, I really like this. Yeah. And he kept drinking it. And, dr- and he said 10 times. And everyone's like, how are you drinking it? He goes, this is really good. I think it's that there's a chromosome or something in people's brains where... They get sour beers and yeah. you taste, you're like, wow, that's good. And for other people, it's like, no, no, no. Some people love the spiciest food on the planet. I'm thinking of cilantro. Because for some people, oh, cilantro dude, is dude. soap. I love cilantro. I hate cilantro. It, yeah. ta- it, it literally tastes like soap to I'm me. Go- dude, put that on the salsa. I'm good with no. it. I love it. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like was at Coronado Brewery. There's a Coronado Brewery. And one of the pizzas, they literally just took cilantro. They didn't chop it. They just went throw it on there. And the chef whose bachelor was, he's a chef, great chef out here. He's like, dude, did they just chop a tree and throw it on a pizza? And I'm just shoveling it in my mouth. It's delicious. There's people literally like sitting around listening to this going, it tastes like soap to me. And someone's like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's just so weird. It is really weird. So I think, I mean, just going back to Ren, that, and I don't think you've popped it yet. It might still be at your house, but that oyster lager. I haven't. I, I kind of wanted to bring it on. I saved it with, by the way, that sour beer, because I think we should do a weird beer episode. So this is it. This brewery near my house brewed a beer that is a dark rice lager, and they aged it with oyster shells and salt. So it is a salty beer that reminded me of the ocean, and it literally paired with oysters perfectly, but it was so unique. I did, we did a write-up on our Instagram, false on Instagram, Spoon the Truth podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did a full write-up on it because it was so unique. It was a wine geek's beer because it was depth, length, complexity. I sat there going, what the fuck is this as I was drinking it? That's a weird one. Yeah. So here's the crazy thing, by the way. That's why I got a little weirder for a second. They had one of those at Belching Beaver. It was a stout done in oyster shells. So clearly, I it's clearly been done before. And I'm sure it's different by all means. But I saw it on there and I went, you got to be kidding me. Somebody else is doing this too? 
And so I, I didn't get it because I want that to be the first time I try something that weird. And now, unfortunately, now I'm thinking in my mind, like, man, what else can you do? Like, can you rip apart lobsters and like, like some lobster? Pro- I mean, why not? Why a, not a, just take stuff? A, a bisque beer? Like, bisque I mean, beer. Yeah. Dude, that could be a New England clam chowder New, beer. New England bisque beer. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we cool. just copyrighted that, so you guys yeah, gotta, copy- pay, you gotta pay us royalties. We're gonna call it, is it the red <laughs> or is it the white? It's either Manhattan brisk beer or New England brisk beer. By the way, I watched I, I watched Ace Ventura three nights ago with Sarah because that's what that is it red or white thing from. I was crying laughing. She she hated it every bit of it. She's like, this is clearly a movie that you would like either super baked or when you were ten. All right, so both of those answers would be right. We were talking about per capita amount of beer produced in the country. So what states produce the most beer? Per capita. So Arizona was one gallon per adult. California was 3.6 gallons per adult. Kinda, Colorado this, was 11 gallons per adult. Is Colorado number one or is Colorado's number, number five? All right. So the so only one I could think of. Are we talking production or drinking? And this is craft beer. This is not Budweiser. This is not. These are I, craft breweries. Then if that was the case, I would probably say Oregon is top three. Nope. Wow. They're not on my list. Because, I mean, I'd say Texas only, but there's so many dry counties and religious stuff in Texas, I wouldn't think. Because the only other one I would think of would it, it'd have to be Minnesota, Michigan, or Chicago, like a Midwest. Chicago's state. not a state. But. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get Illinois, it. yeah. So, Or it's going to be something stupid like Vermont. Un- un- unfortunately, when it comes to something like Colorado or Colorado, uh, Chicago... It's a big city, but there's a lot of empty land. A ton of empty land as you go south. So then, in that case, it'd be like so. Would you you Maryland or Massachusetts? Wow, that is really difficult to say. Massachusetts. So number one, you already nailed Vermont. Okay, Vermont has sixty-six breweries, and there's only six hundred thousand people. And and they are brewing twenty-one point three gallons per person right now. Is that where Hetty Toppers comes from? Vermont? Yeah. By the way, I'm assuming it's yes. not called Hetty Toppers. Yeah. It's the brewery. That's the name, Hetty Topper. Oh, it is Hetty. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's pictures of Bernie with Hetty Topper. Bernie and Hetty Topper are like good friends. Uh, well, everybody, well, Ben and Jerry is. Totally, same from, thing. Yeah. Everybody's friends with Bernie in Vermont. So, so there's, they produce 335,000 barrels a year in Vermont. Vermont's tiny, 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 and very rural as well. Like, it's very. There's a lot of farmland. There's a lot, like everybody owns a gun in Vermont. They all go hunting with them. They don't, that's what they do. It's hunting, fishing. It's, it's, it's an outdoorsy state. Beer, ice cream, guns, Bernie Sanders. Vermont, people buy and sell their house the slowest in the nation. The average, Arizona is the fastest so in the they, nation. They live there the longest, basically? Yes. In Arizona, the average person buys and sells a home in roughly about three years in Arizona. Oh, I completely believe that. The amount of flips out here. Flips. Ooh. It's every when, Last that I heard was 3.2 years. That's crazy. Someone buys and sells a home. Vermont, it's almost 18 years. So if you buy a house, your, your average person holds on to it for 18 years. Here you hold on to it for three. That is crazy. All right, so so Vermont is number one on the list per capita uh, breweries, uh, brewery production at 21 gallons per person. Good for you, Vermont. Keep drinking your brains out. Number two, Delaware. Okay, yeah, I can see that. that's right next door. At 12, well, po- south, at 12.5. It's like, wow, ha- that's it's a ten, like half. That's a 10 gallon difference. That's huge. Like, for, you're not even on the chart when it comes to Vermont. I'm really intrigued by some Delaware breweries now. Totally. I'd like to know what they're making and, over there. And I didn't actually pull how many breweries are there. I didn't pull the stats and write them down. 
so number three is a lot. Name a city in Delaware. <sighs> There's two battles. <laughs> I can't even. Th- yes. Yeah, what's the capital I, of Delaware? I think it's Concord is Delaware. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember, but uh, I think it's Hartford is Connecticut is the capital. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Concord. All right. So number three, Alaska. Well, there's only like 200 people and 50 bears that live out there that are drinking simultaneously. They're at 12.1 gallons per person. So I'm assuming it's a uh, what's but there is one brewery that makes it out here, uh, Alaska Brewing Company with the little boat on it. You never seen that? I I, 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 I could picture the one like yeah, I'm also thinking, Ala- I think it's literally. I'm Alaskan also thinking Moose Drool too because I'm Moose Drool is um, Montana. Totally. But yeah, yeah, no, uh, Alaskan Brewery Company. It's got the boat that's yes. on the front. They do the red ale. I, so I do know they make enough yeah. that one of them made it out here. Pennsylvania is number four at eleven point seven. That surprises me because that's a Amish lot country. Of, it's Amish country and farmland. Yeah, but maybe maybe so Pitt. Pittsburgh, Philly. Philly's probably and there's one other producing city. a lot. It's probably on Lake Erie. So uh, Colorado's five. Yeah, that's not surprising. And this one didn't surprise me. There's Maine. There's so many Maine breweries. If you ever, ever go up to Portland, Maine, yeah. it's brewery central. And there's such good beers up there. So I'd be intrigued to see the amount of hops that are made in those places. So that's your top six. Vermont, Delaware, Alaska, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Maine. And that's that's... Production of craft beer per person. Did you look up what's the least most produced state? I would imagine I d- it's I Alabama. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get into the bottom f- six on one of the next beers. Excellent. So all right. So final thoughts on this one. I love it. This this is for me is so crushable. I mean, it's got such strong aromatics. Like I can literally smell this beer in my glass right now. I mean. What's their connection to the Deftones? Is it just... I have no idea. And honestly, I didn't even notice till when I brought it back. And I was like, oh, that looks like the uh, the album cover of this one thing. And then I noticed it said Deftones. Deftones. And I was like, oh, well, okay, cool. And I don't know if Digital Bath was a song. I'm 90... It's probably... I feel like be. it is. I, it's like, it sounds in my head because I remember in high school, I listened to the Deftones this much in high school. And I'm like, that, I know that's a song. It's got to be a song. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out if let's find out they did a collab with them where they actually helped them brew it or if they just licensed the name. This whole collab thing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great thing, but sometimes it's a little out of control. That one beer that I sent you the name of the other night and you were like, ah, oh, fuck you. And it was a collaboration with. Was that the. the yes. <laughs> the ridiculous. Like super califragilistic. Yes. Oh my god, that was the most ridiculous name. But it was ever. a collaboration from Monkish with Trillium and literally like fifteen breweries collabed on this. It is. It's a song. I don't know why the reason. I just want to make sure it was a song. But Digital Bath is a song by the Deftones. But how does fifteen breweries collab on one beer? Does everybody? What do they do? They just they do they just sit around drinking beer, watching it brew together, and that's the collab. Because if two people get together, like hey. Add this hops at this point. Add these oyster shells at this point. Do this at this point. They're, they can collab. I, I you can can't see a little bit. You can't have 15 people collab on a beer. No. Like, you could do it with wine. You make a Malbec. I make a Cab. He makes a Petit Syrah. He makes a Merlot. And we figure out what the blend is going to be. And then you bring in somebody else to be the final blender with the barrels. Like, you can definitely have a lot of people put their hands in wine. But beer, it's like, uh, uh, uh. All right, you do this boiling point on these grains. You do this boiling point on these grains, and then throw the hops in. Like, I mean, yeah, I think when you have more than if five, it fucks the recipe up somewhere. If uh, you have more than five people collabing, they're just sitting around drinking beer, staring at the brewing process themselves. So I'm gonna stick with the Belching Beaver, and we're gonna go to their Mango IPA. Is it a milkshake? It is not. 
I'm just kind of curious because it's the whole. I think this oh, is oh, just oh, a, this oh, is a normal IPA. A yeah, lot. I remember this one was uh, if, if I remember correctly. This is not hazy. Also, they did the shorties. Awesome. Because uh, I, I want to get to Coronado just because it's nostalgia. I'll for be me. honest. That is something I've noticed. Almost everybody that does a fruit IPA or a a fruit lactose milkshake IPA, they're always in short cans. The Attack of the Peach, short can. Short can. Yeah. Uh, does Four Peaks do tall cans? I was like, because I'm, I'm not yet. I'm sure they're going to get into that phase. Uh, you and I need to go out to Uncle Bear's here in the next week or so. Okay. Um, my friend Andrew's the brewer out there, and he just brewed a like a blackberry lactose milkshake IPA that just looked delicious. I mean, it looked like it almost looked like La Frescas. Like it was just like, oh uh, yeah, yeah. So you you could see through this. Yeah, this is a normal IPA, not hazy IPA. They used actual mango, Amarillo hops, and what else did he say was on this thing? Yeah, I'm rolling Simcoe hops. But yeah, so here's the can. So the nose smells very much like what I I think of when I have the Four Peaks peach. It's that bitter West Coast style IPA with fruit. The, the yeah. initial nose. That's yeah. what I remind me. When I pour that peach in a glass, but it's not as it's mango. It's not as potent as the digital. Not even close. Did, these are like two completely different beers, not even related to each other. No, not at all. So I liked this one because I remember drinking it, thinking to myself, I love mango, but I was like, I, I wanted to get a fruit beer because I think it's kind of nice to have sometimes, but this one came off refreshing and nice, and I just enjoyed it. Like It was one of those ones where it didn't blow me away. It didn't make me disappointed. I was just... Honestly, in a happy place. It brought me back to like, you know, base level where I was like, ah, oh, I like this. I'm good. I could, Four Peaks Peach Ale does that. Where if somebody were to, hey, light beer, top of your head, Four Peaks Peach Ale. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. Perfect. I love drinking that as my first beer. It's refreshing. I mean, it's hot day. You've been outside working. You want to like come in and have a beer. The Four Peaks Peach is perfect. What I like about this is this tastes like beer to me. I was just about to say this does not taste like what it tastes like when it came off the tap. Ah, but it tastes like beer. The fr- I I had this off tap, and now that I'm having this on a can, it's not the not same, same thing because this is the first can I opened of it. Now having something like this, these don't taste like beer to me. Like this is a different category. The whole hazy thing does not remind me of drinking Bud Light or Amstel Lights or like those like beer lagers and ales, and this has that beer taste with a little touch yeah. of fruit. See, now that I'm having at this can, there's a look at I might see it. Look at disappointment. disappointment. I'm telling you, coming out of a keg. Some freshness. That's I told you one time cuz what if those cans were sitting in that fridge for te- 5 weeks cuz te- nobody was buying it. Ted from Four Peaks once came to my bar when I was running it and we had Kilt Lifter on tap and he goes, "Hey Damien, I'm going to pull a keg out of the right out of the barrel right now, like fresh. We just bre- it literally finished brewing today." And we're going to put two taps side by side, the one you got from the distributor and mine. And they were almost like two different beers. The fresh one was so different. And he's like, yeah. literally, after five days, it just changes in a keg. I, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not upset by it because it actually tastes, tastes like a delicious. good beer. You just want, I really wanted that, because I'm telling you, on the tap, dude, it was fresh. mango. Like, it was just, a, it was like a, it, have you ever had, you ever bought I, a mango and it's not ripe and you're like, that sucks, and then you get a ripe one? I get it. I was bummed with the final cans of the Attack of the Peach I had. It tasted nothing like the one when that was you, on tap. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it not was bad. Good. It was good. I'm not upset by it. I would drink this. 
But unfortunately, I set the bar this high, and now it's here. Like, a, I, like, you remember how I was saying, we were talking earlier, what, why didn't you buy cans from these ones? I'm like, well, unfortunately, the bar was here, and they were here. That's that in a can. Yeah, it's, it's a good beer. It's very drinkable. Is it... It's not mango-y to me. Does it completely stand out and stand away from everything? Does it completely go, oh my God, this is unlike anything I've ever had? It, it tastes like a good fruit beer. Like I said, it kind of reminds me of the Four Peaks Peach. A little, 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 little bit of mango flavor. You ever watched Saturday Night Live back in the 90s when Chris Kattan did a, you can't have it a mango? <laughs> That's all I can get in my head right now. <laughs> all right, so as we're enjoying this and drinking it, and we'll get into the last one here in a minute, the bottom bottom six states for per capita. I'm going all southern states. Yes. What? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with Alabama at, no, oh, no number one. Uh, Kentucky, number one. Let's go Kentucky, number one. Kentucky is not in the bottom six. Oh, all right. I'm surprised. All right. Uh, Alabama. Alabama is, so this is out of 51 states because they include D.C. in this. I was, gonna, I was thinking I Puerto think. Rico. <laughs> yeah, so they include D.C. So so number 51 in the list, so 50. D.C. Well, that makes sense. It's this big. Right, but that's not in the list of, of the per capita. Oh, it's not. Uh, but okay. it's considered, there was 51 states on this list. So I'm going to say Alabama, Alaba- Mississippi. Alabama's 49. Mississippi. Mississippi's 50. At point, so Alabama's 0.6 gallons per person. Yeah. Mississippi's 0.4 gallons per person. Okay. Uh, Louisiana. I'd say honestly, it's I, all southern states. Well, the, yeah. the main ones are, but a couple would, are really I, shocking. I, I want to get the last one. Really, really, really re- shocking. All right, the very so, last the, one, uh, number one worst, uh, West Virginia. Yes, yeah, hands down. Okay, but you think about it, a lot of these. These are the they, app, that's because they make the app, most meth. Appalachian states produce the most moonshine and whiskey. Yeah. They drink moonshine and whiskey, which they would make such good beer out of those mountains. But it's so easy for them to go into the mountains and set up a still and be moonshiners and just produce it and make money. Like I moonshiners see, yeah, make a shit ton of money. Probably. And you could be like, oh, I could do beer, but fuck, why not just make moonshine? These are shiner. These are those are shiner states. So so West Virginia at 0.4, Mississippi's also 0.4, and Alabama's 0.6. Uh, the fourth lowest is Arkansas, also not at surprising. also at 0.6. Yeah. So that's the, the lowest four. What's the, the, you said there's two surprising ones? Number like Florida or something? Five, the fifth lowest, New Jersey. Actually, that feels surprising. Point seven. Is that because there's, oh man, that. Uh, it's shocking because Massachusetts is pretty, New York, a lot of Pennsylvania's the. Pennsylvania's right, the, Delaware's right there. What's that? Pennsylvania is one of the highest. Yeah, Delaware's right and there. This, is, is, one of the this highest. is per capita, so it doesn't matter how big. Still, you and Jersey. Think, I wonder if their laws are just so atrociously bad they can't open breweries. That could be it. Uh, maybe just because Newark. They have a coast, too. Like, of all the places you want to put something is on a coast. Or maybe because the Jersey Shore people are like, not, they're pounding they're, Red Bull vodkas they're, they're, all day. They're fist pumping, drinking fucking White Claws. Oh, these people are going to love Four loco Seltzer that, when it comes totally. out. Totally. That, that could be it. It could be the fact that Newark is such a huge population of the state. They got to be ripped with their six packs and wind resistant hair and bears. Not, Ooh, beer's not going to help that. Good point. Walking it's, around you, with you, their tank top up, yeah, glittery, doing totally. this shit all day you, long, going, oh, drink my beer. You don't look, drinking beer. You don't look good in the Jersey Shore with a beer belly. <laughs> <laughs> like, good point. Totally. Yeah. Point seven. Granted. That's that's, I, that's actually really surprising. Right here, we're we're only at one, one gallon, and I think we were like fortieth in this country, like yeah, in the bottom. And honestly, the only reason that makes sense to me is just because we didn't have the laws changed till about two thousand eight, two thousand nine to allow for bigger. Also, it's Flagstaff, Arizona, Tucson. 
that's and ironically, the best breweries seem to be here in in the Phoenix area instead of Flagstaff, where you think they'd be crushing it with beer. And Kansas is also 0.7, so Kansas is the other one. That's again not surprising. I understand, I understand yeah. Kansas, but it's I don't. It's not necessarily an Appalachian state. It's not like when I think about. West Virginia and Mississippi and some of those places. I wonder how they're doing in Hawaii, because I guess per capita, it's obviously smaller. And I know Kona Brewing is out there, but they probably have some really cool breweries in Hawaii. I'll, I'll bet you the biggest hurdle that Hawaii has is water regulations. I could see that, because you, you can't drill down. Fresh water. That's the crazy be. thing about Hawaii. A lot of people think, oh, Hawaii gets such fresh water. When it rains, yeah, but I, you can't drill down down to get your water so i think that might be something that holds up hawaii plus maybe some of the laws and the rules because most of it's uh probably protected n- land n- yeah 90 percent of the like the islands are all protected there's only certain points where people can actually own businesses plus it's expensive to own a business i mean it's fucking expensive the irony of the one place you'd think would be great for it would be nevada because per capital it's two cities and if you throw in five breweries all of a sudden you're the breweries of las vegas and, like and, how and are that, there any breweries in las but vegas? that that goes back to what we were just talking about Water. You don't want to drink tap water in a couple different states. Tap water in Arizona sucks. It's the worst I've ever you had. Have to break Nevada's pretty nasty too. These de- these to. desert places do not have great water. New York has awesome water. Pennsylvania, Oregon, Washington. Th- these states that are doing the best stuff. Water. Have, you know, some of the highest quality water in the country is California. Yeah, like they have the Manhattan or New York. New York, New York has York people shipping s- water to make their Verm- pizza dough. Vermont. Vermont. Maine. Yeah, Maine. Like the, I the, said, the main thing about yeah. I always thought about it was the green Adirondacks. Yeah. You've Colorado. heard of Adirondack water or Colorado, like like there's yeah. these places that have the best water are producing the course. best beer. Yeah, the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, and I think of like because uh, half of the beers maybe that got me into drinking beers came from Colorado. It was Fort Collins, you know that Odell. Odell was the big one, um, and then you have uh, Left Hand. And then he had Breckenridge. And a lot of the beers that kind of got me into craft beer came out of Colorado. Wyoming would probably make amazing beer, but there's only 600,000 people in that entire state. So I, this, I'm not upset <laughs> by it. I would say for Belching Beaver, Belching Beaver was one of my favorite ones. Totally. I really loved them. I, this awesome beer to drink. If you're going to drink that mango fruit beer, maybe have it there. Have it there. I talked. I asked a bunch of friends where my where you should go, and Belching Beaver was one of the ones. When I said you went there, like, oh, that was a good choice. Uh, okay, you know, cool. There's there's a handful of other ones like Bitter I, I Bitter Brothers. There's so fucking many of them. So many. I didn't get to go to True or Pure was the big one. Alesmith and a Modern Times. Mod- every, everybody told me to go to Pizza Port just to go to Pizza Port. Nobody actually mentioned the, beer the beers Pizza are fantastic Port. there. Yeah, but, I just said go. I didn't. We didn't make it. So the other night I was up at one of the local breweries here and there was a guy sitting next to me at the bar who was visiting from California that lives up the street from modern times. And I said, uh, Hey, my buddy's in California right now. I want to text him where to go. Can you recommend some places? He's like modern times. I'm like, we get it out here. I understand. He goes, no, oh. no, 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 no. He goes, you have to go to the brewery because they do so many beers that are brewery only that you don't even see. Yeah. He's like, they're crushing it right now with their brewery only selections. Well, Dude, this is perfect. We'll do another beer episode at some other point in time, and we'll just go to San Diego. We could spend four days there and hit 2% of the breweries that are out there. Well, we have 7,450 in the nation. We've now hit nine of them, so we have 7,441 uh, left I hit, hit 10. I went down to one in uh, Sonoida um, called the Copper Brothel Brewery. It wasn't bad. 
It was definitely beer I would drink. It was definitely beer I would drink down south. But I didn't I remember I texted you. I was like, hey, I'm going to brewery. But I didn't grab any bottles with me. It's not bad. Honestly, I, their food was delicious. But there's something about I have to take this beer home with me. Like I have to get a four pack. Ren House has beer I want to take home. Belching Beaver had beer I want to take home. Resident had beer I want to take home. Coronado Brewery was a 50-50 one, and I was happy about this one, which we'll, we're going to open up next. And again, the nostalgia on this one for me is probably one of my favorite things. I mean, when but I was there's in, breweries you'll go to and you'll drink. You'll definitely like the beer, but you're not going to bring it home. When I was in Colorado, I mean, I brought home three breweries. There was another six I went to that I was just like, these are okay, but I'm not going to. I don't want to share these with friends. Like, I can get the same quality beer here, there, and there, and there, and there. It's rare. When and maybe this goes back to that, what you say it was thirty three percent fail. When I walk into a brewery, and you and I actually went to one one time, where we went, every beer here is not good. Like I, I don't even want to finish the glass. It's not good. My last, there was a one of the places we went to in Colorado where we were recommended to go there, and we we tried almost every beer, and we're like, no, no, no. And then actually, the guy who recommended, it, what'd you think of it? And we're like, oh, oh tough. This is okay, but. Once again, if I went to that beer in 1994, that was probably the best brewery in the nation because there was only was 250 right of them. Yeah. Now there's 7,500. And this is this is 2018 numbers. At this point, there's probably closer to 8,000. We're going to finish this year. If if it's going up 1,000 a year, we're going to finish 2019 at 8,500 breweries. That sounds right because we're halfway through the year and there's probably another... It seemed like the These average are, stat was about 600 to 800 were coming up a year. It's been 1,000 a year for the last one, two, three, four, five years. I mean, so it went from 4,600, 5,600, 6,500 to 7,400. Like, literally, it's 1,000 a year. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. All right, so last one. Last beer. Last beer. Uh, this is... Oh, it's a double. It's a double. So what do you know what makes it a double? Is it just the alcohol level? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. And I, I, bet, I, I, bet, you, I bet you this is like 8 or 9% then. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's I, definitely, a, I think it was 7-9 on this one. Okay. So, yeah. I think, I think roughly mid-6s is going to be single. 7s and 8s, maybe doubles. And then like 9 or higher triples. Yeah. I imagine it has something to do with the brew process and what malts you use to get it up there. This one has a lot of head to this one. Now, so yeah, let me show real it quick. It says hazy. It's a little hazy, but yeah. So but it doesn't this is look their as hazy. Third anniversary of everything we tried. This was the eight percent. This was the haziest. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what it is. I think six, sixes are going to be singles, eights are going to be doubles, tens are going to be triples. So, uh, one of the brewers from uh, Ren is going to be over here soon too. Awesome. So, uh, he's actually. I'm trying to get him to come hang out with us on Saturday and watch the fights, barbecue with us. Awesome. That'll be very fun. The fights are going to be crazy this yeah. weekend. And and his and his wife is from Italy, so he wants me to, like get him some Italian wines for his wife. So we're gonna work out some trades. Oh, perfect! You know that works great. All right, so Coronado is something for you is very nostalgic. You this yeah. is your so this was my I had to go here place no matter what. And I know Coronado's. I'm not gonna say they're mass produced on like a big level of a uh, a, a Budweiser or a Coors, but it's a big brewery now these days. They're definitely across the country. I'm sure they're bought out by now. So it's 23 years. Yeah. So I so 23 years ago, I spent every summer in Coronado with my family. My dad would always take me here. I would obviously eat the food. They have the best chicken tenders on the planet still to this day. 
And it's cool. It's right on Orange Ave. It's a little Little Strip. It's the only brewery on the island. And it was real tiny. When we first went there, it was this little thing. There was like 20 seats, like two stills or brew, t- excuse me, fermentation tanks. And I don't know. I never drank anything. So then when I was in college, a bunch of friends and I went back and they expanded a little bit bigger. We ate there. And my buddy, Chris Saputo, and I sat there and we went through pitcher after pitcher after pitcher of all their beers. And then we played golf and then we went back and drank even more. It was a crazy time. And I was like, man, I love these beers. So every time I go to San Diego, I always make it a thing for me to have lunch and a beer at Coronado. It's just because it's nostalgia. So finally, um, you know, I drank a lot of their darker beers and regular ones, and they did some IPAs. And I, so this was the one I wanted to bring back because this was the one that I liked. A, it's an anniversary beer, so they only did this. But I did like it. I think it's a decent hazy IPA. Plus, it was a double hazy IPA, and I never had Th- one of this those. This is their 23rd anniversary limited edition collector thing. So 23 years ago, there were literally... A thousand breweries in the United States. They were 0.01% of those breweries. <laughs> yeah, now there's 7,000. It's crazy how many have changed and come up and popped up, and they're still putting out good product, and they're still banging stuff out, and they're they're adjusting to the time because I guarantee 10 years ago, they weren't doing hazy New England-style IPAs. Nope. They, there, was, and, uh, there was, I think, one or two IPAs. It was Idiot IPA and Islander oh, IPA, dude. and that was it. Idiot IPA, Matt Hasher and I used to crush those at this bar in town. Like, yeah. It was uh, the Praying Monk in Old Town, which has became, became Boondocks. Boondo- or Boon- uh, yeah. no, uh, the barbecue place. Yeah. Uh, Bootleggers. Bootleggers. Yeah. There it is. It w- and that was the beer Matt and I drank. He'd be, he literally called me and was like, hey, you feel like getting a little idiot tonight? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Done, and they always showed them the short glass because they were higher alcohol. And the last time I went to my house, they brought Islander IPA, and I was like, I'm buying cases I of this. I loved that idiot IPA, but I think the reason why this place has been successful is because they're they're willing to change, they're willing to do different things. They had a lot of new stuff on there. People that get stuck and just like, well, this has worked for 20 years. You know what? You're going to be fucked in the next 10 years. Yeah. Also, one thing that I think mattered: their food is. Awesome. It's awesome a vibe, food. too. Yeah. They got a location. All, lo- they, they nailed it, dude. It's the only brewery on the island, but they don't make bad beer. They didn't That's sit it. there and go, listen, we're it. Just we make it. You drink it. They went, what do you like? And and That's a good hazy point. Hazy IPAs popped up. Oh, crap. We got to make hazy IPAs now. A and, lot. and they had multiple ones on there. They had a list of 20 beers, and it was like eight IPAs, but it was hazy, hazy, double, regular, triple, blah. And then they had a stout, and then they had a Kolsch, and then they had a red Kolsch, and then they had they had enough beers on the menu where you could have a large plethora of different beers. And you just nailed a secret sauce of success that some breweries have figured out is putting out damn good food. There's so many that Oh, we have we have our menu. It's gonna be chicken strips they get from some mass produced whole like distributor where all they do is fry some chicken strips and they serve with barbecue sauce or honey mustard. Their burgers, a frozen patty and it's disgusting versus four peaks. Yeah. Secret sauce of the success dude. beer, bread, good food. Like their food is banging in that place. Coronado. The food is banging. It's not bar food. It's not shitty. Like, Oh, do you want tater tots or French fries on your, with your chicken strips? It's good food. In yeah. There. They, they haven't dumbed down their food or their beers. That's why they're still banging out good products, you know? And they're still, it's, like I said, secret sauce of success. What's crazy is that 
this beer on the looks of it, it's like a half hazy look. It doesn't have the hazy like these have. Like the the color's a little darker. You can kind of see through it, but it tastes like it's super hazy. Yeah, and I think that's one thing you and I are used to with some of these hazies, where like there's no clarity. It looks like an orange juice or a pie. Like you're like, dude, there I can't. Yeah, it's pineapple juice. It's just one color. It's just a solid. You're right. You, you that can new, definitely get a little that new image that I had, like in a glass. It was, it was orange juice. Yeah, in it looked a glass. like swamp water and orange <laughs> juice. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Like, it was just one monochrome color, just orange. Orange. Yeah. Like, is there any any? Is that beer that? Yeah. or what do you got? What do you serve yeah. me? Yeah. No, I, I think it's one of the things too. Plus, clearly they had to make enough for it where it may have thinned it out. I don't know. I I don't understand how they make some of these things. But yeah, I I was so happy, and I think sometimes my judgment gets cloudy on certain wines, definitely on certain beers where, like, again, there's a nostalgia to it. And this was that one for me, and I liked it. I still have it. Now that I'm drinking out of can, it's exactly what it was when I had it on it's tap. It's freaking great. I think it's exactly like what I had on tap. It's got balance. Some of the doubles and triples tend to start getting hot. You could feel you the could, alcohol. You could taste the alcohol. And it's not a bad thing. It's not like wine. I think high alcohol in beer hides a little better, probably because of the, the, the hops, the... The malt, the, sh- the say, sugars, where in wine, it's very difficult to hide high, high alcohol. But I would say with triple IPAs, you can't actually hide it because you know you're faking it to hide the alcohol. So like, I know I'm having a triple sometimes because of that coating, that maltiness is so thick. It's not like I'm drinking syrup or molasses, but it feels just so thick because they're trying to hide the alcohol. Or it that's just the way the beer comes off. That's what it is. And I don't like that massive thickness of a beer for triples. I honestly don't like triple IPAs. It's- I've had one where I went, that was really good, but it still, it was a lot. This hazy IP thing has been perfectly right smack in the middle of where I want to be. Amazing taste. The alcohol is a little high, but I don't even notice it until all of a sudden an hour later, and you're like, I could feel it's it behind you're my eyes. Out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, doing beer episode. Guess I'm eating Chipotle before I go over there. <laughs> yeah, you need a base. Like, you and I, I, you, you and I could Foundation. Do, we could do a wine episode on an empty stomach. Cannot do a beer episode on an empty stomach. No. No, or, I haven't. Or, or unless it's like a Pilsner or something, which we'll never do a Pilsner episode. But No, we're definitely going to do a Pilsner episode. I guess time. if it's the right producers it's, and the right here's people. The thing, but we're not going to be talking about complexity the same way with IPAs. Now, we could do it with stouts. We could do it with IPAs. Pilsner is going to be like, it's going to be an hour episode, and that's pretty much going to be it. I mean, our, our next beer episode will be a stout, stout. episode yeah. because of what's going on in the stout industry. I also think we should definitely do that weird beer one. The yeah. Sours... I, I, we, you, you can probably do a sour episode. You, I'll hate every second of it, but I'll do it. You can't hold on to that oyster beer for very long. You gotta was, drink it beforehand. I was gonna drink it this weekend. Yeah, totally. I've got friends I'm gonna bring it to because they definitely they're, they're I've, beer I've people. It. But I gotta let them try something crazy. You do. Just like my friends want to bring stouts over here, be like, "Damn, you gotta try this. This was aged in." Three different whiskey barrels, and there was a freaking monk from freaking Russia that blessed it, and then they took it to another district that had a monk from... And they, Ukra- they swam around in it for half an hour it's to a- get that funk in the beer. It's crazy what's going on with the stouts, and I, I do appreciate it. And that's the other thing about stouts is they can be aged, and I'm I'm getting fascinated by the way beers age yeah, and how they do change a little bit. It's not like wine... And the whole wine, aging of wine, we're going to talk about this for decades. Ever. I mean, every episode we're going to talk about the aging of if, wine. If and there's 8,000 new breweries that pop up over the next 15 years, well, 
we're set on the beer stuff. And wine-wise, we'll never be able to touch almost every varietal that we could. But I really appreciate us talking about these hazies because it's it's something that the wine people should be into because of the complexity, the depth, the nuances. I mean, these are almost like white wines in a way. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with all these ones with the exception of the mango. And my mango thing was, like I said, you drink it there and it is, it's just fantastic. But in a can... Well, didn't do it. I don't know if it didn't make it. I don't know if it didn't. This can was canned on July 3rd. They always put it on the bottoms, if you didn't know that. A little, I little actually, secret. He didn't, didn't know, that. know that. The canning dates are on the bottom. August 7th. Yeah, so that was literally canned the, the, day, before, the day before I bought it. Yeah. It's 8 7. This has been six weeks. This was like a couple days. Couple, yeah. What's today? The fifteenth. Totally. So yeah. that was canned oh, less than a was, week ago. It was canned like they probably canned, canned it, that, put that, it, and I took it that day. That yeah. that was probably has been canned as long as this one. Yeah. This has been canned since July third. I don't know if six twenty nine. I mean, if this is June 29th and it held up this long, dude, fantastic. Great. Yeah, great. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. You know, that's the one thing about beer. And so, by the way, it's not like you're wasting $80 on a bottle. So and you go, that bottle sucks of wine. It's just, it's beer. And you're still going to drink it. And so those of you guys who are seeing what we're doing, the bottom of craft beers, they actually put the dates on the bottom. So you can often look it up. And sometimes they put little fun messages on there. So I've seen those before. So Treehouse and some of these back east ones who are big fish fans, it'll say, it'll be the letter C, U, and then the at S-P-A-C. Like C-U at SPAC. And nice. then the date. And so you look at it, you're like, oh, see what's back. I saw one one time where it was like, this is the date. And it said, if you're looking at me, please flip me back up before you drink me. <laughs> so, but you know what? This was canned maybe six weeks in a can. It was a little too long. And it starts to lose the, the Amarillo and the, the Freshness. Sim, the Amarillo and the Simcoe hops start dying off after being in a can for fruit, six weeks. Yeah, the fruit itself. Because I don't imagine this is a chemical flavor. Like, they probably use fresh mango juice or fresh mango something and it just doesn't make it that time again i'm not ragging on it i just for in this example it's smart i guess as a consumer check the bottom of the can before you go and buy it what do you uh what are your final thoughts on this one first of all they're all fantastic if i was to rate them and how i felt or like i think we all agree this is gonna be at the bottom of the the, the list not yeah. just because it didn't hold up to the rest of them but almost it was like a different beer from the rest of them to be honest like if this was next to four peaks peach and a bunch of beers like that this might be at the top of the list but the fact that this isn't against all these it doesn't hold up now i do want to go back to the first one real quick personally the belching beaver deftones the the digital bath was my favorite so far it had the most giving aromatics of all the beers it had the most giving flavor I didn't have to think about it. This, this, all the flavors, all the aromatics, everything just jumped up and slapped me in the face on this one. This has great balance. I think somebody who is likes a West Coast IPA who's not big on necessarily the hazies could gravitate into this and it'd be delicious. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. I think somebody who's super into East Coast IPAs, like true New England hazy IPAs, would drink this blind and might think it's actually in a true New England. Yeah. That's my thought. I want to retaste this because just like left. just like with wine, you have to go back to the first wine because you start with this and then it sets that expectation. You try everything else and you have to kind of go back and recenter yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. No, I get it. Like it's a nice way to start. 
I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, I'm, I know you've already you had these at the brewery. No, I honestly, I think you nailed it. it the one that I wanted to bring that unfortunately broke would have been really cool to try on this one. But uh, in the end, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. It really was. I, I've enjoyed all of them. I, I like to experience new things with beers. I think everybody in the end loves to try new shit. And then it, it's, you know, in the end, it's the fun thing about beer tasting is I haven't had it. Therefore, I must try it kind of a thing. It's it's a Here's, it's kind of an adventure in a weird way. I would not kick any of these out of my bed. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like, that is drinking awesome right now. It's really tough for me to choose between those because they're all so damn good, and they all have their own nuances. Like, if I, yeah. could, ha if I could have a threesome of beers, it'd be these three right now. There you go. Got a little extra on this one right here. This is the big girl. Totally. Yeah. Hi, buddy. She's the foundation. So, uh, everyone, we are on YouTube. This episode's on YouTube. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching. Um, please throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Uh, please check out our Instagram at Spilling the Truth Podcast. Uh, also, we're Putting on up some fun pictures, beer stuff. All this will go up on there. You cool can look, information. You can look me up on Twitter. I get a little obnoxious on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> my fa my Facebook is on fire right now. I love it. Um, so I don't care if you guys all know me, but on Facebook, it's Damien Cancer. That's my first and last name. Uh, on Instagram, my personal Instagram is Damien the Wine Guy. But please follow the the podcast because that's where we post our shenanigans. That's John's and myself when we're traveling, drinking wines, drinking with John's dad, drinking with our buddies. We're watching the fights. We're going to open some sick bottles this weekend. That'd be fun. Yeah, Saturday would be a fun night. You guys want to see some crazy stuff? Follow us on Instagram because yeah. this Saturday night, we're going to open some crazy bottles with our friends. It's going to be a lot of Barolo probably. <laughs> Definitely. And old, old cabs. Thanks, guys. I always love it. Thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers.